Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homie. I'm your host, and I want to welcome you and greet you for today's very exciting episode. Before I introduce the episode, before I introduce our guest expert, let me just tell you a little bit about the Business Creators Radio Show and why you're in the right place. As the name says, our listeners are business creators, and they fall into four categories. The first category are entrepreneurs, small business owners, and local business owners. The second category are marketing and business coaches. The third category are folks who help others build their businesses. This can be anyone from the marketing and business, excuse me, marketing and business coaches to web designers, graphic designers, social media strategists, media and publicity experts, anybody who helps anybody else succeed at the game of marketing, and, of course, do-it-yourselfers who run your own businesses and love to have your own hands on the marketing levers. If you are one or more of the above, please take a moment to explore episodes and discover how our experts can help you win at business at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also, be sure to check us out on iTunes. Just do a search for Business Creators Radio Show. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us spread the message. Today, we're going to talk about web design for coaches. And by coaches, I mean marketing coaches, business coaches, life coaches, anybody who's a coach who helps others succeed in a certain area of life. As a coach, people are trusting you with helping them manage their business, health, life, money, whatever it is you coach them on. Your website is generally the first place prospects will look to get a feel for whether or not you're legit and a good fit for them. Your expertise is going to be judged on your website first in most cases. You want your website to portray who you are and also speak to your prospects' pain points, both with words and the visual appearance. Today, our guest, Amy Taggart of Design for Mari, will share her tips and tricks for creating the perfect website for coaches. Amy's a very important person for you to listen to if you are in any type of coaching industry because her design and development firm, Design for Mari, specializes in coaches. And to tell you a little bit about Amy, She's an entrepreneur and CEO of Design for Mari, Inc., with over 15 years of experience in her field. She's been in business since 2006, serving clients internationally, working with everyone from coaches and speakers to authors and startups. Her specialty is custom WordPress websites and also offers web design, graphic design, audio, video editing, and technical assistance. Amy enjoys living an active and healthy minimalist lifestyle. Believe me, that's something I can relate to, and has a passion for health, and nutrition, and is also in the process of becoming a holistic nutrition coach. She's also an avid bowler and is owned by three loving kitties. Amy, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you, Adam? Big times, big money all the way across the board. So <laughs> what I'd like to do here before we dive in is let's just take a quick step back and give our listeners a chance to get to know you a bit. I know when I announced this episode, a few of the people in my own audience stood up and said, oh, that's Amy, that's so cool. So a lot of people do know who you are. But tell us a little bit about your background and what brought you to where you are today, working with coaches to create attractive money-making websites. Um, well, I'll give you the short version. Um, like a lot of you probably listening, um, I started out with a series of regular jobs, and you kind of know when you're the type of person who needs to be working for yourself, that whole entrepreneurial right. kind of feeling. Um, so, you know, I I was kind of floundering in my regular jobs and realized that I needed to start my own business, and 
basically when I first started my business, I thought I was making a huge mistake because I wasn't, um, I got off to a really rough start. But I got the idea that I needed to go on Craigslist and just put an ad out there. And basically the ad just said, this is all of the things that I know how to do well. And a lady that lived very close by to me um, in West Seattle responded and said, you are exactly what I need. And she hired me on um, as her virtual assistant at the time, but I was doing a little, little of everything, graphic and web design too. And basically from there, it was just a matter of being referred, 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 and you know, bringing me to where I am right now. Everything that I've been doing, every client that I've worked with is basically been a referral. Um, but this lady that I initially started working with, she was a, a business coach. And so that's ultimately what got me into the field of working with um, all kinds of uh, coaches and entrepreneurs, mainly coaches. Um, but yeah, that's what got me there. Yeah, it's a very simple, short story. And I know you and I connected over seven and a half years ago when we were working together on a project. And then yeah. you began doing some work for us, and then we began doing some work for you. It's kind of funny how that works where we end up becoming each other's clients. I find on the Business Creators exactly. Radio Show, a few of our guest experts have gotten clients as a result of being our guest experts. And we do have one case where a guest expert hired a listener. It's kind of funny how this works. But at the Business Creators Radio Show, we're all about creating those connections. And another thing we're about is providing the tools, techniques, and strategies to help entrepreneurs quickly grow their businesses. A lot of our listeners, especially some of our coaches, tell us that they have everything they need to succeed at marketing except time and money. Now, do you see this as an issue for those who want to get a powerful web presence up and going? Um, generally, I find that if, if uh, coaches don't have the money to invest, in in their website that there tends to be a lot of problems as far as planning and everything. Um, basically, you, you kind of get what you pay for. If you – basically, I've had a lot of clients come to me after having had bad experiences with other designers, and a lot of it had to do with the fact that they weren't – they were trying to cut corners. And so what they've come to me with is a website that is lacking in a lot of areas and not doing what they were hoping it was going to do as far as, you know, marketing, promotion, conversions, all that sort of thing. Um, I find that the people that take more time to plan things out ahead of time, budget ahead of time, um, you know, I, I, I have a lot of clients where they'll get a quote from me and if they don't have the money to do it right off the bat, they'll come back to me later. And those tend to be the ones that, that end up working out the smoothest and they get the best results from their website once it's finished. Yeah, that's pretty sound advice. And one of the challenges that I see in a lot of industries, I see this in the coaching industry, I see this in the virtual assistant industry, I see this in many types of entrepreneurial type industries, there are certain industry mentors who unfortunately set the price bar too low. So when somebody actually reaches out because they need social media help or they need a website done or they need anything they need to succeed in business, they've been conditioned to believe that, oh, that will only cost 100 bucks, or that will cost $15 an hour or something along those lines. And while that all makes for a great marketing pitch, and it's usually tied to 
stop doing the $300 an hour work, outsource that and find and, and, and work on your own passion and purpose, I think that's well and good, but it sets an inaccurate position for those seeking the help. And we're going to talk more about this, and I know you're going to give us more information that will help us get through this. But what I see, I think I see happening a lot of times is coaches see the price tag and they perhaps they get intimidated or they get discouraged because they just don't have that money burning a hole in their pocket right now. I know a lot of coaches that start out and where their business really starts is they, you know, it's with those initial phone calls, those initial free sessions that turn into paying gigs and they kind of need their initial clients to pay for their website to begin with. So it's like a chicken and the egg situation. And I can imagine, and we'll get more into this, that when people try and do it themselves without knowing what they don't know and not knowing what questions they're supposed to ask, that they do make a lot of mistakes and they cut a lot of the wrong corners in the interest of trying to get it up quickly. So let's start with a basic question. I mean, we're only in February 2014, but tell us, Amy, what has already changed in terms of the best practices for web design across the board, but especially for coaches just in the first part of 2014. And then, you know, tell us as much as you can predict right now what we can look forward to as we go through the year. One of the biggest things is all of the various devices other than your standard desktop computer that people are using. I've read several articles that say that eventually the desktop computer is going to be phased out, which I can't see that happening. I don't see how I can do what I do on a iPad or anything like that, but the reality is is the majority of people out there are surfing websites on their mobile phones, on iPads, on smaller devices. So a lot of people have really great websites, but they don't work well on these devices. And um, a lot of people also don't realize that if they have a mobile version of their site, that it it doesn't have to be an exact clone of the website that they have on the desktop version. The main point is for people to be able to find quickly and easily what it is that you want them to find. I think you're That's touching on something. Yeah, I think you're touching on something here. Actually, I, there's a debate going as to whether or not you should absolutely, in all cases, just simply have a mobile responsive website where you have one website that works on all devices or whether you should have a desktop type website and then separately a mobile website then set it up so if somebody accesses your website through a mobile device it takes them over to the mobile website and I think there's kind of pros and cons to both what are your thoughts on which way somebody should go I don't think there is one right answer but what are your thoughts I think that you should have both because I I tend to disagree with the whole phase out of the the desktop computer. I I think ultimately it depends on your industry. For coaches in particular, I think that having a desktop version is very important. When you're dealing with other um, business-related people, um, especially if you're you're a uh, a business coach or life coach where you want to – give people access to like membership type information. Some of those things are just best delivered on a desktop format. You know, you want to be able to to give them access to it on mobile as well, but I think that there's just some things that no matter what they translate better with bit, with bigger screen access. 
I think there's something to that. And we also have to bear in mind that we're talking about membership sites, particularly here in 2014. A lot of membership sites have videos and large files in them, and there's only really so much you can do as far as a mobile device. Uh, I mean, you're going to deal with bandwidth issues. You're going to deal with the number of Gs it has or however you, you phrase that. Uh, and, and then you're going to deal with compatibility issues across the board. And really, I just don't see people – myself surfing through membership sites and spending hours and hours and hours through their Android device. They need at least an iPad or you know, something big or a laptop in order to do that. I mean, when I'm out and about, I'm not you know, getting educated through my mobile device. If I'm browsing a website on a mobile device, it's usually because I'm looking for information, a phone number, or to take an action right now. Exactly. Right, 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 right. So, one of the many things you and I have in common as far as our business approach and how we guide our respective clients is we both recommend WordPress. Now, aside from the usual stuff you hear about WordPress all the time, about how easy it is to install, which we all know, about the fact that it has a lot of plugins and themes, what are some of the other reasons you recommend WordPress above any other platforms out there? Oh, my gosh. I could talk for hours about WordPress. <laughs> Well, well, you know, well, we, well, we still have 46 <laughs> minutes in the episode. Okay. We have a few more questions, but go ahead and talk. I love this story. Okay. Well, I, I started out doing static HTML websites, and those are all well and good, but there's so many limitations to those types of websites. And when I first started getting into WordPress, I realized really quickly um, all of the – the sky's the limit with the things that you want, you can do with them. Um, right. The the biggest thing is um, the ease of use. Um, it allows people who don't have a whole lot of experience. I mean, let me back up a little bit. With the HTML, CSS websites, it was almost impossible for um, a client to be able to go in and change anything on their site. So they would they would pay for their site to be designed, and then they would be stuck always having to call their web developer to make changes for them. Um, WordPress is very easy to use. If you know how to use Microsoft Word, I usually liken the two, um, you can go in and you can make changes to copy on your pages. Um, the, the more um, technical stuff like interface changes and stuff, you would, you would contact your web person for that. But you can go in and blog, you can edit your pages easily, you can do any of this from any computer. There's also an app um, for Android and other mobile phones where you can go and do your edits from your phone and iPad. Um, you really don't have to have a whole lot of experience with code or anything like that. There's a lot of plugins that can be installed that add all kinds of bells and whistles, um, and a lot of those are really easy um, for clients to manage. Um, another great thing is um, from an SEO standpoint, search engines really like WordPress um, because of the ease of changing content regularly, um, search engines like that. And they make it super simple for clients to go in and maintain their keywords, update their description and titles and all that kind of stuff. Um, so beyond the ease of use, um, the other thing is the customization options. Um, in the past, if a client wanted to, say, add a extra column or something like that to a page, it was kind of an arduous sort of task, um, and in a lot of cases could cost a lot of money. WordPress right. makes it super simple to add and change layouts and 
Um, you can have 50 different pages with 50 different layouts if you wanted to. So that's something I really love. Um, right. And the the other aspect of WordPress is in, originally it was created so that people could blog with it. It wasn't intended to be a content management system. Um, but, you know, you can use it without a blog, but if you decide that you want the blog added, it's very easily added. It's already a part of the whole system. So a lot of my clients like that, you know, they can add that in later if they are they don't have much to say on it to begin with. Um, <laughs> so there's that. And the biggest thing, and this is ultimately what um, helps me sell the idea to people who are kind of on the fence about it, is it's super, super scalable. Um, you can start okay. out with a very simple informational site. I mean, a lot of clients are intimidated because they they feel like they don't have, you know, their freebie together yet. They don't have, you know, um, products to sell. doesn't matter. We can design a great-looking WordPress website and have it be just informational. And then as you have things ready, as you have products, the site can easily grow around your business. So that's the biggest thing. That I like, and especially when we're talking about coaches. Uh, the model I see for business building for coaches so often is get out there and get your first clients. So there's really not a whole lot of teaching around take months and months and months of time and spend thousands of dollars getting your perfect website up before you go solicit that first client. In fact, I know a number of people in the industry of teaching coaches how to build their businesses will say, put up an opt-in page and offer a free report. Then you get them on your list, then you call them back and close them. And that is, in my opinion, a very viable model. There's one other reason that I would think that WordPress would be very attractive to coaches, and I think you kind of hit on it, Amy, is you can very easily get in there and make some of the changes yourself. And a lot of the coaches that I work with tend to be do-it-yourselfers. Mm-hmm. Have, you, have, you noticed, have you noticed that in your own business, some of your own coaches? A lot of them seem to really want to have their own hands on the lever, whether it's because they just feel the need or whether it's because they're cutting costs and don't have room in the budget for a web person. They want something where it's done, and then they can go in and put their own hands on it and maintain it themselves. Exactly. I think it's it's just a good feeling when when you invest in something like that to feel like you have access to it literally and that you can go in and do things without having to wait on somebody else. But what I find mostly is most of my clients are so busy that even though they know how to go in and do things, they just ask me to do it for them, which is fine too. I, <laughs> I find, I I find that. I find that I find that a lot, you know, in in our yeah. industry, you know, my business, you know, I build a lot of systems for clients, and then it really comes down to, well, can you do that for me? And mm -hmm. it's just not what I do, so I usually end up hooking them up with a virtual assistant who then does it for them. And you know, there's mm -hmm. and what's really nice about that is if you have a WordPress website, it's very easy to get help because a lot of people understand the system and it can be had at very reasonable rates. Mm-hmm. You have to think about that as well when you're making a decision. Now, what I'd like to do is I'd like to get away from coaches for just a minute and move to a more broad topics, something that's on the, mind of our, on the minds of a lot of our listeners. And in fact, somebody wanted me to get your thoughts on this. More than ever, it seems, people's websites are getting hacked. 
And some people blame WordPress for this. In fact, some of the hosting companies I speak with, the web hosting companies, they're so quick to say, well, maybe you shouldn't use WordPress. Or they'll say, well, you know, you wouldn't have these problems if you'd secure your WordPress website, what, I mean, whatever that means. <laughs> I mean, yet I see people who are doing it right. They're doing all the security protocols. They're not using admin as the username, and they're using real passwords, and they're updating their core and their themes and everything else, and they're still getting hacked. So every bit of wisdom on this topic is much needed. What is your process for securing a WordPress website? And you know, what are your thoughts on what people need to do to make sure that their websites remain secure? Well, you and I both know that it's not WordPress's fault because we're from the days of hand-coding websites, and people have been getting hacked since the dawn of code. So <laughs> yes. it's not that. But there there are a lot of um, things that can be done to ensure that you're not a target or, you know, that you don't have any problems. Um, personally, when I build um, custom WordPress sites, I secure them in, a, in such a way that I call it Fort Knox. I, okay. um, I make sure that I've got a backup system in place that backs up at least once a week to a cloud, and I keep multiple copies. So if anything were to happen, whether a hacking or something as simple as a virtual assistant going in there and getting a little crazy with the code, um, <laughs> that I can restore things. Um, but one of the, the first steps to making sure that your your WordPress site is secure is to have a username other than admin. Admin is the standard um, username that most people use for WordPress. So I always say make it be you know your name, the business name, something other than admin. And then make a lot of people will do a, a password that's easy, and that's like the worst thing that you can do. You you want to go to some place like a password generator site or something and get one of those at least 15-character long crazy passwords with a bunch of yes. uh, symbols and stuff in it and, you know, use that. And generally I will set clients' websites up with one of those. Sometimes they change them to something easy, but I always recommend to keep it as something um, hard to figure out because your chances of being... Um, hacked are, are lessened um, greatly. Another thing that I install is a plugin called Limit Login Attempts. There's a lot of plugins that do this sort of thing, but basically if yes. somebody tries to log in more than however many times you set it up for, it will lock them out for a determined amount of time, which I usually set as 24 hours. Um, yeah. But I, I always ask my clients what they want the settings to be at. But that is a, a good defense that you know somebody who or a robot that's trying to um, try a, a series of passwords and whatnot. Um, one of the other things that I do is when I'm doing an install, um, there are some settings that you can check for um, connecting to the the database. I won't get all technical and explain all of that, but there are some settings that I do that ensure that. Um, hackers are, are pretty much unlikely to be able to inject code into the files and take a site down that way. Um, okay. A lot of uh, uh, people who set up WordPress who, who don't understand databases very well won't set these settings correctly and ultimately leave the database open or more open for people to be able to go in and inject things. So. Right. Right, right. That's also very, 
yeah, it's very important to remember as well. Some of these things are pretty simple. I remember this is about two years ago, a client of ours uh, had a these types of security things in place where they had the you know the username that was not admin and the password that was actually something secure and inscrutable and they would say i can't use this password i need something that's easy for me to remember we need to change this back and my response to them was quite simple okay so when a hacker figures out your easy to remember password don't call me exactly <laughs> that ended that end, that ended the conversation right there actually uh you know don't don't call me uh if we know if we know what's going on and I, and i've seen so many cases where brute force scripts they're called brute force where they just keep trying to log into your website over and over and over again and they what they keep doing is they keep using different combinations of usernames and passwords based on some of the most common things that people see out there uh for instance they look for a username called admin they look for that so if you have a username called admin, they're already halfway hacked into your website. Then the next thing they do is they look to see if your password is also admin. And then, this, and then many of the scripts are sophisticated enough that if they guess the username, the next thing they're going to do is they're going to see if the password is the same as the username. So these are some of the things that I very commonly see people doing with their WordPress, and it's, it's like major facepalm. You're, you're, you're basically, why don't you just hold the door open for the hacker and actually help them wreck your site for you because that's about how much you're securing your website. Now, here's a different question that people ask a lot, and I think this is going to pertain to coaches, and I'll tell you why. They'll say something like, you know, I built my HTML website back in 2007, and it has an Alexa ranking of 6,000, which is you know, extremely high, and it dominates the first six pages of Google. So this will be the coach who built the really basic static website back seven years ago, and they really haven't touched it, and they haven't put any money into it, but just for how long it's been around, it's managed to obtain an impressive rank. And what will happen is they'll say, I'm afraid if I touch it, I'll lose everything. So this WordPress sounds nice, but I'm afraid if I make any changes at all, Google's going to turn its back on me. Is this true or is it false? It's false. Um, SEO plays off of content and keyword keywords and, and all of that. So if somebody were to come to me and want a WordPress site, but they have that 6,000 ranking, we definitely want to take the existing keyword list and description and titles and make sure that that's the same on the WordPress site that we're creating. Um, chances are that if they have a rating that high, that it can be even higher once they move to WordPress because of the information being changed more regularly and added to. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think that's false. I believe so, too, and I know that there are certain ways that you can preserve your ranking by making sure that your links remain in place, and then you look at the design of those web pages, and you figure out what it is that Google likes about them, and you make sure you take that over to your WordPress site. For instance, if there's something about your title tags, your meta tags that just worked really well for Google, there's no reason you can't keep that in WordPress. If there's something about the content that's working really well, there's no reason you can't keep that. And there's also no reason you can't come up with a page design that's very similar to what you have right now with so many themes that are out there. And uh, just for those of you who aren't familiar with the term, a theme is like a design for WordPress. You can buy a theme that makes your WordPress website look a certain way. So you can very quickly have a nice design without having to spend all the money on it that would you know, you'd necessarily find yourself needing to. But Amy has a different formula here, and this kind of leads into our next question, is that you know, change is scary for some. And in order to 
upgrade a coach's WordPress or upgrade a coach's website into WordPress. Uh, you know, what is the process do you use? And if you wouldn't mind just sort of letting the cat peek her head out of the bag for a minute here, you know, what are some of the most common long-time mistakes do you sort of will make go away? Like you get these old websites and you're upgrading them into WordPress. What are some of the things you look for that you can just kind of get rid of as part of the transition that people, you know, mistakes people made a long time ago that just seem to still be there? Well, a lot of times with HTML websites, um, depending on when they were designed, a lot of people will have like graphic navigations that are, you know, really difficult to um, update and everything. And a lot of times when I get clients coming to me, they'll love the website that they have, but it's not possible to, to completely bring some of those things over to WordPress. So I'll have to explain to them things like the importance of a clean navigation. Um, WordPress allows you to really easily, even for clients, to go in and change their navigation so if you've got right. a graphic-based navigation, um, you know, it, it is possible to do that in WordPress, but I always have to explain that, you know, if you want that ease of use and ability to go in and, and easily change these things, some of those things can't be carried over. Um, right. But you were talking about the the themes that people can buy. I have a funny story right. about that, actually, that just happened last week. I was doing some research for um, a client's website that I'm working on this week, and um, when I was doing research on her field, I went through about 50 different websites in her field. She's a fitness coach. So I went through 50 okay. fitness websites, and out of those 50, 36 of them used the same theme. Wow. And I just I, I, I laughed. And I'm actually going to put them all together in a screenshot to do a demonstration on a sales page because I was like, this is why you, you – I mean, it's great to buy a theme that you love, but if you really want to stand out, you need to go custom because the last thing you want is to be like a fitness coach and have your site look like 36 other sites that come up in one single search. Right. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it's a great right. theme, but um, – you know, you you don't want to look like thirty six other businesses out there. So no, I, I really don't. I want to be unique. Exactly. So I mean, what I specialize in is creating customized WordPress themes. Um, but to take a, a quick step back, one of the fears that um, some of the clients have when they come to me is they they really want to get moved to WordPress, but they really love their HTML site and they're worried that if they move that they're going to lose that. I One of the services I offer is a conversion straight from HTML to WordPress where basically 90% I can um, duplicate the look of it to a T. Um, okay. And I say 90% because some of these sites are, you know, have the graphic navigation and stuff like that, and I, I right. don't usually carry that sort of thing over. But... Um, I've I've actually had several new clients recently where I've just replicated their existing site and they're elated because it's they have what they've loved all along but now they're able to get into the back end of it and make updates and and yeah they love it. 
Yeah, and I and I can see exactly why. And I and I've seen an example of this actually. What is the name of that theme do you use where you can pretty much build it however you want it to look? It's called Ultimatum and it's a framework okay. where I can basically I can take an existing design site or I can design something completely custom. And instead of going and buying a theme and trying to force it to work like the design or, you know, deal with the limitations of that particular theme, um, and also a lot of those themes, while they might look great, have a lot of unnecessary heavy code in them. Ultimatum allows me to take any design just about and um, create a customized, one-of-a-kind theme for all of my clients. Yeah, that's really that's really great. And I've seen the ultimatum before, and I've seen it in action. It's a really good way to get people that sense of, hey, this is the design I really want, or this looks a lot like the website I'm used to, particularly if they're equating their seven-year-old website with the existing brand that they're recognized by on the market, then you can do an update without losing some of those essentials that they're feeling really closely connected to. It's also a great formula to use and a great – framework to use if you just can't find a design theme out there that meets your needs. In many cases, for our listeners, you will find a WordPress design theme that is under $100 that will meet all of your needs. And if you don't want it to look like everybody else's, then you work with somebody like Amy who has the ability with her team to customize it and make it uniquely your theme, even though it is something that's store-bought. Uh, it's a difference between spending several hundred dollars to have it customized to make it yours versus several thousand dollars to build something from scratch and not have the benefit of professional WordPress designers and developers behind the code. So this is another great way that you can get that highly professional presentation and you can save both time and money, which is what we're all about here at Business Creators Radio. Now, Amy, I'd like to take a step in a slightly different direction. And I touched on this earlier in the interview, and I want to get your thoughts on this, actually. Many business okay. mentors who I'm familiar with who specialize in helping coaches recommend a path that involves their business, you know, involves building their business before or while their website is being built, meaning don't spend all that time getting all the bells and whistles lined up in the perfect website before you even show it to a customer. Actually, go out there and get customers and get your paying customers to pay for your website, which is something that I personally believe in. Now, do you see coaches subscribing to this? Or are you seeing more of a trend where the coaches want to get all the T's crossed and I's dotted before they dare go out there and try and find a client? Well, what I see happen a lot, it's very rare that I get a client who has everything ready to go and and knows exactly what they want, but they still want it all right now. And what right. ultimately ends up happening is they get really overwhelmed and it's very intimidating to them. They feel a lot of pressure. And a lot of those projects, if they get off the ground at all, fall apart. Or, um, you know, it, it it's a great way to lose, lose money if you start investing in a project and then get overwhelmed and just, you know, disappear. So... Um, right. Like I said, like I said earlier, WordPress is really, really great for growing with your business. So if I get um, when I'm doing a consultation with a client, if they have a general idea of what they want, but they don't have a hundred percent of it, maybe they're only twenty-five percent. I break it down for them. I say, okay, well, this is what you have right now. 
So this is what I can build for you based on that, and here's how it can grow when you have B, C, D, E, and F ready. And so when they see that, it becomes a little more less intimidating, and you know they they realize that they have something that we can build as a foundation and move up from. For the people that that do have a lot more of their content, and you know maybe just have a freebie but don't have the things that they're ready to sell. A lot of them will come to me. I need a shopping cart. I need this. I need that. <laughs> and I'll when I when I consult with them, I'll be like, well, you know, you don't have any products yet, so we can wait on the shopping cart. There's no sense in you know making the payments on a shopping cart if we're not going to be using it until maybe six months from now or however long it takes for them to develop their products. I basically break it down for them, so it's. I mean, a, a website doesn't have to be a super huge expense. They're not cheap, but they don't have to be four, five thousand dollars, six thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars. I've had people come to me with all kinds of crazy quotes, and um, <laughs> you know, I generally, you know, for the really, really freaked out clients that come to me, I'll break it down into stages. I'll be, you know, let's just focus on the design part first, then we'll move to the development part, then we'll start plugging things in, and when I do that, it it seems to calm a lot of people down. <laughs> but I yeah. think, you know, unless you truly have 100% of everything, which is very rare, it happens, I'm working with one right now, and that's awesome, but... um majority of the people that I work with have never had 100% of everything. And um, I think it just it eases people's minds to know that they don't have to have everything up front. I like to make the point that it's not really possible to have everything up front because back when I used to be in the web development industry, back when we used to actually team up on a lot of these design projects, I mean, you and I go back a long way when, I mean, think of even one client we ever had where they truly did have all the ducks lined up in a row and all it needed was for a design to be created and the content to be popped in and this thing was ready to go. Did you ever see that happen? No. <laughs> right. Did you, ever see it, did you ever see a case where once that initial plan was put into place and the site was ready to go that they didn't all of a sudden come up with all these things that they either forgot or just learned? Exactly. <laughs> did, did you did you ever have a client who completely put together their website? You had the design completely ready, and then right before it was time to pull the trigger, they said, "Wait a minute, this isn't me," and they went and had it redesigned. Yep, that happened. Uh huh. Yep, I'm yep. thinking of a specific case actually from way back early in our association when <laughs> this one mutual client that you and I both used to have, where uh, she. She had worked with a, a like another coaching firm, and they created this design for the website, and you transformed that into WordPress as well as something viable that could actually be managed, and we did the aggregation on my end. And then just when we were able to put that thing live, she said, no, this, this doesn't feel like me. And she went back to her previous designer who created her original brand, and they ended up changing the colors and the look and feel and everything. Now, fortunately, the way this was all coded is all you had to do was take new design uh, pick, you know, images, like the header side, you know, the header and the background pick images, and put them right in where the other ones are. So the code held up. So you have seen that happen where people make a big change like that right at the last minute. Well, it's like when another of our clients talks about the shiny object syndrome, it's like um, – when 
you'll have a, a really great design um, that's being implemented, and then if they see something else somewhere else, they change their mind and decide all of a sudden, I want that too. And uh, right. <laughs> that's that's something I'll talk about more in a bit. <laughs> right. Exactly. In fact, let's do that now because we have a little bit of extra time here, and you've been so great to us answering all these questions. Tell us about some of these bright, shiny objects you see pop up when it comes to developing websites for coaches. And tell us your thoughts on some of these things, whether you actually feel them necessary or whether you feel that uh, the coach has the right idea, they just need to modify their approach, or whether you think it's really, truly just a bright, shiny object they need to leave behind and move on. Well, one of the biggest problems that um, I try to coach my own clients on is when we're trying to develop a design for their website is they only take into consideration what they personally like. And that's right. totally it's totally the wrong way to go. What I try to get them to do is change direction and focus on what their target audience is looking for. So, right. you know, even when I'm doing conversions and stuff, somebody might say, I love my website, and it's like this mass of dark purple and black because and, those are their favorite colors, and you can't see or read anything because there's all this damask and filigree stuff going on in the background, and, you know, there's things blinking and, and things popping up and all this stuff, and the client loves it but it's annoying their customers and, and they're losing um, conversions because of all of it. So that's one of the hardest things um, to break people of is getting them to focus on, you know, what their clients want. So when I do consultations, I do a, an in-depth question session of, you know, trying to figure out as much information as I can about who their clients are, who are the people that they want to attract, and then I try to help explain to them why they need to make certain design decisions based on that. So that's the biggest thing. Trying to, okay. trying to keep them from too many bells and whistles and things like that. So my my mantra is um, form, um, form follows function. Function needs to come first. Um, if you make it really hard for your visitors to get to the information that they need to get to, then you're you're really doing a disservice for your business. So, I think that's very true. And I remember this was three years ago. Uh, a client of ours was experiencing some really, really slow load times on their website. I mean, it was taking almost two minutes for a landing page to open up, a simple opt-in landing page where we knew that that design should take like five seconds. So we were brought in under the auspices of our, of our film just for you video training to diagnose the issue. And I went in there and I was filming the tests that I was doing because I have certain load speed tests I can run on the site in general and on WordPress specifically. And we narrowed it down to this quote unquote money-making plugin that takes your website to the top of Google and gets you 5,000 opt-ins or some nonsense like that. <laughs> and I went back to the client and I said, look, uh, I, I have the videos right here. Before I send them to you, I can just tell you right now that the issue is this one plug-in. And they said, but that's not possible. Uh, this, I met this guy at a conference and he says the plug-in's great. And I said, well, maybe you should tell him it's not so great. And he said, well, is there any information out there on how we can fix this? said, yeah, we Googled that. It's going to be in a video I'm going to send you. You're going to find that every single scrap of information on this plugin are 
quote unquote shocking reviews about the plugin that ultimately tell you you need to buy it and buy it now. There is absolutely nothing out there about this, and there's no tech support available for the plugins. So if you want your website to work, you need to deactivate this and go back to your buddy and tell them to make it go faster. The client didn't like that, but they understood the importance of the website actually loading, so they, they implemented my recommendation. But all the same, this is another example of things I see not only coaches but a lot of people get stuck in is if so-and-so has a website that does this or so-and-so is a friend of mine, so I'm going to implement this out of loyalty. But where does your real loyalty need to be when it comes to developing your website? Yeah, it's best to focus on your audience. That's that's the most I can say. If, If you love something on another website, that's great. But I always recommend, you know, if you see something, ask your developer and say, hey, what do you think of this? How could this be something that we could integrate into my site? And if your developer is in tune with your audience that you're trying to reach, he or she can make a recommendation and say why or why not, you know, that it would be good or not. So, Right. right. Now, while I'm at it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Amy. Go ahead. No, I, said, I just said that's what we're here for. Exactly. We're, we're here for more than just designing and developing. We're, we also are in tune with um, or try to be in tune with who you're trying to reach and help you make the best decisions to make that happen. Right. I'd like to ask another question while I'm at it. And seeing as Design for Mari is a company that designs the websites and oversees the development and is also available to select clients in terms of helping them continue to develop their presence as time goes on. There's this phrase we hear all the time, uh, particularly in do-it-yourself training courses. In fact, a friend of mine uses this all the time, so I'm not knocking her in any way. But there's this phrase I hear, and it's called, fire your webmaster. As I said, a common title for training programs to teach you to build your own website. Is the phrase "fire your website"? Excuse me, "fire your webmaster" business brilliance or a recipe for disaster? Um, it kind of depends, and and it goes back to that whole shiny object syndrome. If we're all experts in what it is that we do, and right. if you're not a web if you're not a designer or a web designer, sure, you can, you know, get on Wix or whatever and create your own website. But ultimately, you know, if you're left to your own devices, um, you know, you, you start to make things that are based on what you personally like and you, you tend to get away from the goal, which is to attract business and, you know, attract your, your customer base. And, um, what I see a lot, again, also with a lot of these like kind of Wix sites and everything is, you know, you you also end up with a site that looks like a lot of other people's sites. And, um, right. You know, I think, you know, if you've got very little money to start out, you're just starting your business, I don't see anything wrong with, you know, those kinds of um, things. And I, I think it's great, you know, as a business owner myself, you know, I I went that same route, you know, I created my own stuff and, um, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm even, for my own side, I've even considered maybe bringing somebody else in to have a different perspective. I mean, this is what I do, but, you know, I tend to create some things because I I personally like them too, and they're maybe not totally effective, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. 
Right. I think you raise a, gr- a very good point. And sometimes, I hate to say this myself, but the idea of having the webmaster is in itself a bright, shiny object. Do you really need a quote-unquote webmaster, or do you really need a team? Uh, I mean, we have to define what is the difference between a webmaster and a web designer and everything else. Could you tell us a little bit about some of the differences between these things? Um, my mind goes blank on that one. <laughs> All right. I, yeah. Blank mind. That's the problem. That, that's, that's the problem. <laughs> a lot of folks don't understand that difference. They don't understand that a web designer and a webmaster are two completely different things in many cases. Uh, they, and they don't understand that web mastery is such a broad area of study. It com- encompasses everything from search engine optimization to social media marketing to WordPress security to I could go on and on and on. So it's great to say fire your webmaster, but first we need to define what a webmaster really is. Uh, the webmaster I, I is also that person that you blame when your websites go down or you call a hero when they fix your websites. I, I think, I mean, I understand the whole idea behind Fire Your Webmaster. It's just it's the idea of people having more control over their website, which is a great thing. I am not opposed to that at all. Um, but I think a, a really good web designer, web person, web team, whatever you want to call it, a great one is one that doesn't just do everything that you ask, they're working with you and they take the time to understand your goal and your audience. And I mean, I'm, I'm an expert in web, web design, graphic design, all of those things. I have a lot of clients that are coaches, entrepreneurs, authors. I'm not an expert in those things because that's not what I do, but that doesn't mean that I don't try to understand what my clients do we work together to make sure that, or I work with them to make sure they understand what I do and vice versa so that ultimately we end up with something great that works well for them. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so uh, so in the time we have left here, uh, another question that I wanted to ask as we wrap up is, because you know, I want to leave our listeners with a little easy-to-follow prescription for success, what should a coach's website consist of? I mean, what should we be looking for in terms of the elements, the content, anything do you have to say about the way it's designed? Uh, what are some things that coaches should be really strongly considering as they design their website or create their website? Um, well, again, a, a really consistent, clean, functional design. Again, something that's designed for your audience and, and not necessarily just for you. Um, the right. biggest thing other than that would be um, – clean, simple navigation. If somebody, you know, people have really short attention spans if they arrive at your site and they can't find what they're looking for rather quickly, that's not a good thing. Um, I've seen a lot of people have websites where in order to even get into the site, you have to um, sign up for something that's called a squeeze page. Um, And if they give you no other way to get into the site other than filling something out, that's never a good thing. Always give people a choice. Um, Copy is a really huge thing, especially in terms of SEO. A lot of people will have a really great-looking website developed for them, but they're not sure why they're not ranking well or, you know, just 
their site isn't getting a whole lot of traffic. You you have to put a lot into your copy. If you yourself are not a great writer, you need to also make the investment in hiring somebody who is to help you write those things. Very, very, very important. Um, testimonials are also, I, I consider those gold. Anybody that you work with, get a testimonial from them and have that on your website. You see all these commercials for things like Angie's List and all that stuff. People like to hear how other people have worked with you, what their experience was. So um, those are gold to have those. Have a really great um, call to action. So if there's something very specific that you want to drive people towards right away, make that clean and clear. Um, you know, if you've got a, a freebie or, or maybe your goal is building your list, make that really clean and concise so people can easily access that, sign up for it. Um, keep your content fresh if you're doing a blog, blog regularly. If you can't do it personally, consider, you know, bringing people on who are also experts in your field to contribute. Keep the content moving. That's very good for SEO. Um, right. Also, again, make sure that you're, you have a, a mobile version of your site that's, you know, that's, like I said, it doesn't have to be a clone of your desktop site. It just has to be something clean and clear that helps people get to um, the important information easily. Contact details, big thing. Um, make it easy for people to get a hold of you either through a scheduling system um, I have a really great one that I use that I love, um, Schedule Once. Um, I don't know if I can plug stuff like that on here. Sorry. Well, if it's what you recommend, tell us why you oh, recommend it. it. You don't have to either agree or disagree, okay. but tell us why somebody should use that system. Um, it makes it, depending on the plan that you buy, it makes it super easy for you to um, show people what availability you have. I like it because um, with with uh, the heaviness of my schedule, I know for a fact that I can't handle more than two calls in a day, um, like new prospect calls. So it allows you to limit the amount of calls. So once two are booked, it locks out the rest of that day. It hooks to your Google right. calendar, which you know goes to all your devices, so you know you know um what's coming up and I just I love it. It's been a huge time saver, so I recommend it to everybody. Um the other thing is, you know, everybody's on social media, whether you you like all the social media or not, you you definitely want to have a means on your site for people to be able to share things on even the platforms that you maybe personally don't use. Um I, I know a lot of my clients are still not on Pinterest or anything like that, but a lot of people use Pinterest, so offering that um, so people can pin things, great thing. Um, right. And an analytics, um, I think that's a, a really big one, too. I, I install that as a standard kind of thing, and um, although some of my clients don't use it, I will still go in and look at their sites and see how they're doing because I think that's an important gauge for um, making recommendations on things that need to change or, you know, seeing what is working really well. So. Right. 
Okay, since you since you're plugging things on my radio show, I'm gonna turn that around <laughs> right now, and I'm gonna take 30 seconds from you, and I'm gonna plug me. If that's okay. Uh, that's since fine. we're talking about web design for coaches, you recommend Schedule Once, which is an awesome uh, system for scheduling appointments. And many of the coaching mentors I see out there who encourage their students to do free sessions that lead to coaching clients. If you use something like Schedule Once, you can have them enter their name, email address, phone number, whether or not they want to do it by Skype. And also, if you're asking, like, questions, like trying to pre-qualify who you want to have as a coaching client or you want them to tell them, you want them to tell you about your, their number one burning issue so you can figure out how you can best solve their issues as their, as their coach, you can use Schedule Once, and I think Time Trade does this as well, as well as many of the others, where you can add custom questions to the scheduling apparatus so that you can get that information right up front. So when you get on the phone with them at the appointed time, you have that information right in front of you. It can help you close more coaching clients. So I just wanted to point that out as well. And inside the Business Creators Institute, we have video modules on how to do this. So, Amy, uh, before we wrap up here, just uh, if you have any uh, if you have any thoughts here, um, if you can tell us in just a second, but what I want to do is I want to give you the floor for a minute or two and just tell us how you serve business creators and coaches and how folks can get a hold of you if they have questions about this or need assistance. Um, I, I have my website at um, designformare.com. That's D-E-S-I-G-N-F-O-R-M-A-R-E.com. Formare is Italian for create, so basically my business is designed to create. Um, right. Like you said, I work with a lot of um, business coaches. Um, I'm also very into health and fitness and stuff, so that's a bonus to get to work with people like that. But I generally right. like to just work with people who like to help others. Um, again, I, I'm kind of a jack of all trades. I do a little of everything, but my specialty is WordPress. So, um, you know, if you if you have a website that you love, um, but it's not on WordPress, I can help you move it over to WordPress. Or if you want to um, start from scratch, or you're a business just starting up, I, I work with just about anybody. Um, I, on my website, I invite you to go to, um, if you have a project in mind, to go to the Get a Quote link, and you can enter in um, all kinds of information about you know, what you're looking for for your project, or if you just want to chat with me about um, getting more information on things, you can do that too. Um, yeah. Absolutely. I just wanted to... Uh I just wanted to mention to all of our listeners as well that when you go to our website, businesscreatorsradioshow.com, all of our guest experts have profiles on our website that have their contact information, their website, and their social media presence there. So if you want to connect with Amy or you want to get to know her, if you have any questions for her, you can certainly reach out to her directly, and we strongly encourage that because here at the Business Creators Radio Show, we're all about building relationships and connections. So, Amy Taggart of Design for Mari, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. This has been quite an education for our audience, and even I've learned a few things, even though you and I have been working <laughs> together for almost eight years on various different projects and opportunities. You learn something every day. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Adam, for having me on. You rock. <laughs> well, I, I, I do what I can when I can do it. So for everybody listening, again, my name is Adam Homey. I'm the host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please check out our previous and upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. 
And be sure to check us out on iTunes. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us spread the message. Again, thank you very much. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time.